back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. I'm one of your hosts, Rye. And I'm your other host, Chris. And guess what? I'm very sad because I hate so this movie. Sad. Welcome to the latest episode uh, where, we're, where we're talking about found, found footage films. And we decided to watch and talk about the 2007 mockumentary horror film, The Poughkeepsie Tapes. And I'm buried in the lead. I hated it. Okay, so that's a mouthful. And um, I gotta be honest with you. That, like... I... Okay, it hurts me to hear you say that. Oh, no! Because (laughs) as, as a horror movie fan, I have gotten so distracted by other films to watch that I guess I've been waiting for an excuse to watch the Poughkeepsie tapes. Now, growing up, like, from 2007 on, I've heard stories about the Poughkeepsie tapes. About how... So, basically, the Poughkeepsie tapes aired um, in a film festival in about 2007. And they were picked up by MGM Studios and then pulled five weeks before its national release. And then never... It was never heard from ever again. Nothing uh, happened. It was leaked. It got leaked, but it was a rough cut. It wasn't a complete film. And, and I, I think that's how I first found out the film. Because this is my first time watching it. This was my first time watching it. I've literally been waiting an entire decade to watch this movie. I know. And I, re- I remember like very early. Oh, no. There, that would have been maybe, maybe like 08. So I'm guessing like freshman year of high school. No. <laughs> freshman year of college. I remember watching. I guess it was a clipped copy of the leaked footage it was the scene where uh the guy is walking creepily uh on all four legs yeah the head he's wearing both masks and i clearly remember watching that scene it's like oh this this movie looks great because i still was and still am a weird edgelord because i and and i i was like this looks so cool i'm like uh then i actually watched the film for the first time today and i was like oh god like i hated it because i not i mean like i i mean we talked about like torture porn and body horror and i'm this, just a this this walking... is a little different yeah it is and it's weird because like i love body horror i love i love well okay no okay i love body horror some torture for torture porn films i'm like uh like i love the saw films this isn't torture porn. This is sort of like watching a snuff film. It is. It was. It practically was. And basically, for those of you that don't know, a snuff film. Well, it's a it's a genre that shows actual homicide or actual scenes of uh, physical, sexual, psychological torture um and rape yeah but there was there was a period of time i mean i want to say maybe the 70s or 80s or something like that where snuff film like legitimate snuff films were actually popping up and i guess certain horror directors took inspiration from that and decided to make documentary mockumentary style horror films about it 
The most notable one, which is actually on our list, and since I've heard rumors that this is the closest thing, not the Poughkeepsie tapes, that this film is the closest thing to an actual snuff film you will ever watch, I'm very hesitant to watch it for the show. It's from 2010. It's called A Serbian Film. A Serbian Film. Hmm. And it's supposed to be done almost to a T of like an actual snuff film to the point where like like the Poughkeepsie tapes people are people have debated whether or not it's actually a snuff film I don't think it is I, I seriously doubt it is it, putting that aside like let's just be logical about all of this just like the Poughkeepsie tapes aren't real even though and I took a note of this in the end credits the actors aren't listed as actors they're listed as their characters so it just added to all of that. So basically in 2007, 2008, this was shown to a small group of people and then it got picked up and pulled really, really fast. And there was no word why that happened. And it wasn't until 2018 when it got bought by the Scream Factory, I believe. Oh, 2017. Oh, so last, just or two years ago. Yeah. So then it got its Blu-ray and DVD release for the first time ever. And the things that had been circulating online since then were leaked rough cut footage of the film. I knew nothing about this movie before seeing it. And holy shit. Yeah, I I knew I knew just as much about Well, okay, I knew very little about the film as well. I just knew that while we were talking about um episode ideas we uh the the film uh, wow okay the found footage genre uh crossed our minds and i guess my college uh, my college brain flashed back to watching that short film and i knew i was aware that there were other f- other or it was part of a larger film i've never seen it and um no, I the only film or only part of that film I, I saw was that one clip with the creepy scene where he's on all fours, um, and my my curiosity was piqued because like I've I've that was something I always knew about in the back of my head, but like you know it just it I just never got around to seeing it, and it's something that neither of us have seen, and I kind of regret it. I like I'm, I'm I'm like I'm being dead honest. Like I feel like I have a pretty high tolerance for like really grisly stuff. Um, I mean, horror video games is another matter altogether. But I thought the content matter of this film, what what it not just alluded to, but actually showed, it was just way too real, and it. It sapped out any type of delight or joy or even enter any entertainment value I could have taken of it. Like, like there, like the one of the beginning scenes or, or the, one of the early scenes was a first person view of the killer, like straight up kidnapping a, a, a girl from her front lawn, and it's like that's with it being a mockumentary, like. There was very little satire in it. Like, towards, like, the... Th- maybe, like, the end of the set- second act, third act. Like, they had... They, th- they started going into the satire mode where they started throwing out, like, some really outlandish, I guess, procedural points. Just to, ma- just to like, try to amp up, oh, this case is 
super unsolved and so mysterious and full of uh, uh, full of like zigs and zags and we can't figure it out. Specifically, I felt like they jumped the shark when they they blamed or they they, they used nine eleven as a plot point to support why this case still still continued to be a mystery to them. But other than that, like. I just film. I just did not. It did not give me any glee or joy or even like a mild shred of entertainment. It just made me feel like super uncomfortable and like I don't know. I'm I'm just babbling at this point. I just hated this movie. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like I I was dreading or I was looking at the clock. Like is this movie over yet? And it's like shit. I have thirty more minutes left. Oh god. So. This like hurts me so much. <laughs> so this is where you can speculate the status of my own mental well-being and mental health because I'm a true crime fanatic, if you will. I mean, so am I. I mean, I love true crime as well. I've been, right. I mean, I've been into true crime for so long. I have, I'm not going to lie to you. I have a detective's handbook sitting on my bookshelf that has crime scene photos in it. So, like, I don't, maybe it's desensitization. I just, I don't, I don't get, like, any sort of pit in my stomach type of feeling when I see things like that because I'm just sort of, I don't want to use the word desensitized again, but that's essentially what it is. It's just, like, it. I, I just, I feel fine. Um, that's not to say that I haven't had moments, like, in the job that I have having to create things that I've had to create for work where I, I do get a pit in my stomach. But most of the time, I, I, I don't, and, I, and I, just, I just don't feel anything. Where I'm a total weirdo is that I can deal with that, but I cannot deal with body horror because there's just some weird disconnect that my brain has where, like, I can't, I can't handle it. So watching the Poughkeepsie tapes was fascinating to me that they took that route and the first thing that i wrote at the top of the page for my notes is does it live up to the hype because like i said i don't know why i had i don't know why i waited so long to watch it maybe it's because it was almost impossible to find without getting a virus on your computer while we were growing up but even now like it's still super hard to find yeah unless you buy it which buying something prematurely like that I feel like is a risk especially with a horror movie like I don't think I've ever done that for me I was like I've been waiting a decade to watch this movie I was so excited and then I was so afraid that it wouldn't live up to the hype I read an article after watching the movie that said what happened in Poughkeepsie should have stayed in Poughkeepsie and I was like oh that person's on your team didn't like it their perspective of the film was Maybe it's because they were trying to get it right after Blair Witch Project and it sunk back down because it didn't do very well with audiences. And now, seeing it now so long after it was made, between the quality and because found footage at this point in our lives has been done to death, it doesn't feel as... um, edgy and cool and raw as it might have had we had we been watching this in 2007 and i disagree i like i love the homemade quality of it um i was definitely 
reminded of two famous serial killers while I was watching it, and they were part of an, of inspiration for this movie. So my true crime brain was going fucking nuts. I was like, I understand why people are split on this movie. I understand why people feel a certain type of way. For me, I think it was worth the hype. It was, this makes Audition look like a kid's movie. It, it, compared to the Audition, this is so, Audition is so tame. It's, yeah. Audition seems kind of silly in comparison. Yes. Agreed. Which makes me think I could watch Audition again tomorrow night and be fine. I, see this, it's weird because like, you and I on paper should both love this film. Like, I love true crime. Not necessarily. There are some things that people just don't, like I said, there are some people that just don't have a stomach for certain things. Stuff like that, I can have a stomach for. Stuff like audition and body horror, I really don't have a stomach for it, and I could not tell you why. Well, one, like, I guess you brought up a good point that the homemade quality of it, like, strikes home at how realistic it felt, and I think that's what was most unsettling and turning turn uh, major turnoff for me it's just like th- this film feels way too real it feels like and i knew i knew this was a mockumentary while going to it so i know like this is not actually real i mean yes there's they would they they would probably took lots of inspirations from other real true crime stories and famous serial killers but just seeing that all the stuff um actually happened and, and how it's cut together so basically um the killer leads um the police and, invest- and federal investigative teams towards this one house and there's thousands and thousands of VHS tapes and they create this mock uh this documentary uh detailing um the mystery of the serial killer and they use a lot of the tapes that the killer provided to them and you know content warning trigger warning like they did the, they depict like uh the main um abductee cheryl dempsey like being tortured and um being tied up and being abused and like you 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 see that a lot of that in horror or american horror movies to begin with so i mean that's not really a fair argument but like i guess like the way it was shot and the way it was portrayed it just felt way too real for me i'm like i don't know it's weird i think it definitely passed a some kind of line and it just surprised me because like i love saw i love body horror i love like x y and z do you think that maybe part of your in part of your issue with this movie not being able to sit well with you, do you think that that is in part because there are people out there who have done things like this and are capable of it and you're watching it and it feels really real? Because if you compare that to Audition, Audition almost seems kind of ludicrous in comparison to the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah, I think with Audition, I could tell, like, yes, I like being immersed. I mean, that's something I established, but, like, I knew I could instinctually tell like well this is all just fate this is all just a quote-unquote like fantasy is like but like like i said before especially with that one scene where like a child just got abducted right on the front lawn i mean that that actually happens and i don't 
I don't want that type of, I, I don't know, I just, I maybe I, I didn't want that kind of content, or I didn't like, I really didn't like the way it was portrayed, because it seems so real, and, and the fact that it seems so real, but being played off for entertainment purposes, quote-unquote, like, I just didn't like it. I mean, maybe that's exactly what the point of the movie is. I mean, since it is a, a, a mockumentary, it's meant to inspire, like, satire, it's meant to invoke or it's meant to like imitate like real life because of unfortunately like this stuff really does happen across the states and across the world and uh and i guess maybe i just i emphasized too much with it or i got immersed too much with it and it's just like oh i wanted the end because it's just so it just got under my skin so badly and in the wrong way because like i just it just i just didn't have any fun watching this movie Oh no, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not suggesting that I had any fun watching this movie, but I found it captivating enough to watch that that was the approach that they took. Now, I'm sure that something like this has been done with another type of found footage film that I just haven't seen yet, but let's be fair, the Poughkeepsie tapes theoretically came first <laughs> because it was done in 2007, so I have to give it credit for that. It makes me second guess potentially watching a Serbian film because if if you feel this intensely about it, I can't imagine either one of us getting through a Serbian film. Like I really can't. And I've heard, I've heard <laughs> Martyrs as a good horror movie is equally as hard to watch, and that's just your straight up regular body horror type of movie. So we we might be we might be putting a a pause button on that for a, a bit after all this May, maybe give me some time to like work myself up to it <laughs> i just i <laughs> i'm not saying i want to watch a serbian film or martyrs tomorrow because i don't think even i'm ready for that yeah or i mean now that i know what to expect from this type of experience like i'm gonna watch i want to watch like if we have, if we do another film like the Poughkeepsie tapes, like I need like five five twelve packs of beer and like a tub of ice cream and like I don't know something to like take the edge off. I'm telling you that had I known that this was the what the film was gonna be like, I would have given you a heads up because I had no idea and I purposely wanted to maintain this air of mystery that it had about it for me. So I didn't look up anything about it until I watched it. I mean, it's so worth it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, it's, I, I regret watching this film, but I, I don't regret it. I, I don't regret it because we could talk about it. Cause I, and I really think it's interesting. We have such radically different points of view about it. Oh, yeah, totally. I do like that this is sort of our jumping off point because I don't think we've done a found footage film yet. So I think that this is sort of interesting that this is our jumping off point for found footage movies. Because now my brain was like, well, let's not do anything too intense next. Let's go. Let's go old school and let's go watch the Blair Witch Project because that. Yeah, because we can laugh know. at that. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I wouldn't. I don't think I could laugh at the first one, but I can absolutely laugh at the second one. And I never saw the the third one that came out in like 2017 2016 yeah i've only seen the first two yeah so have i so that'll be a new and interesting experience for both of us 
But I, I, I'm sorry you hated it. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But this just sort of get, gives me like a little bit of wiggle room to like stretch my true crime chops. So I'm just going to dive into that for like a hot second because I can. The first thing that I thought of while watching the Poughkeepsie tapes is that there was a pair of serial killers who were convicted of killing approximately 50 women and they took them to, I think, like a cabin or a bunker, somewhere very secluded, and they participated in the uh, rape and torture and murder of these women and they taped them which is how they got convicted. Uh, their names were Leonard Lake and Charles N.G. You've, if you are into true crime, you might have heard of them. They're not obscure, but they're not one of the, the big hitters, if you will, of serial killers. So it's a possibility that you don't know who they are. And watching this, it sort of had that air about it. So for me, I thought that that, again, was just something different that I hadn't seen before. Something I learned, however, was that evidently there was a serial killer in Poughkeepsie named Kendall Francois who killed eight prostitutes. He died in 2014. His crimes span 1996 to 1998. Looking him up is, there isn't a ton of information about him. Again, probably because he's not one of the quote-unquote big hitters, so people didn't dedicate too much time to that. But also, he was a real person. And I guess part of where they correlate that... um, connection is that in the Poughkeepsie tapes this guy goes on a spree and just starts murdering people and one of his tactics to uh get the FBI and the cops off of him is he changes his quote-unquote mo and creates a butcher persona and then only murders prostitutes so that everybody else feels safe that this other person is no longer a threat even though they are one in the same and he also uh creates a false suspect by stealing or he or, does or acquiring the sperm from um a fertility clinic of one police officer named james foley and uh, this killer does his homework because he picked uh, the police officer uh who was most likely to, to have the fewest alibis um and who was already a solicitor of prostitutes and then just happened to uh plant evidence in the car as well um and um so and so so then it turns into this giant i guess quote unquote like plot reveal or twist in the case where everyone thought they caught the actual serial killer um but he was innocent all along and um this, and that's where i felt like it jumped the shark cuz then they threw in the september 11th attacks as a way to uh explain why foley's uh exoneration from the murders was never noticed um i guess like re- that realistically happened yeah yes i think that would happen but i just but i don't know i just i don't know if it was 
just in bad taste or it just seemed like really over the top but it just threw me way off it's like oh okay that's that's I, th- I i don't know maybe you had a different point of view i thought the film like or the writing just jumped the shark when it just threw that out of nowhere but i think also another interesting facet that they gave this serial killer was that they made him challenge the police in a way but that he was intelligent enough to remain not caught and to do what he did in such a way that it caused FBI profilers to even think that it wasn't the same person committing the crimes. Which I don't think that there is or has been a serial killer that could do that. Even Ted Bundy, who I hate to admit, was sort of smart. He changed his appearance a whole lot so people didn't recognize him. But he wasn't that smart. I don't think any of them were ever. All all of these guys got caught for one stupid reason or another. Son of Sam got caught because he left a parking, an unpaid parking ticket in his front seat. Like, hello. But this is not a true crime podcast, so I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I'm like a Pringles can of true crime. Once I pop, I don't stop. But I, I, I again, I just, I, I think that this really lived up to the hype. And I'm really, really sorry you hated it. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I, I don't know the exact reasons why uh, it was pulled or why... Uh, it was removed from the release schedule. Because the footage was too disturbing for a lot of people. Yeah, so, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I guess, you know, because of that, it created this this mystique, this um, cult classic um, type of vibe and where, where you could only trade it um, via pirate, piracy or through random clips on YouTube. Like, I first stumbled into it. Uh, and then it was, um, for a really long time, it was just not available anywhere, or it was just super hard to get. Um, and it wasn't really until tw- uh, 2017, after Screen Factory announced that it would be releasing the film on Blu-ray and, and DVD, um, you know, it's just, I felt like this was uh, a horror movie that had like some secret following or you just you really had to um i guess dig around to find it and i don't know i i'm in the campers like i i now that i've watched it now i've seen it like i i'm like okay this wasn't for me um and i don't know it's like i it's it's not it's see that i this is thing like it's from a filmmaking standpoint like i appreciate how indie it was and i i thought like so it wasn't the style of found footage that bothered you bothered you it was the true crime content that bothered you it was like yeah it was basically like just the content like i mean i didn't it really didn't bother me that it felt homemade and like some of the effects weren't up to snuff or i mean it just it's it was just i mean it just it really felt like a bunch of college kids 
are you know just that just decided to make this movie by themselves on a super low budget and as we've talked about many times before like you know big budgets don't necessarily correlate or or cause or are causation for a great film you can you could do a really great film regardless of any genre uh if you have like the creativity and great writing and you just have a great synergy and a dynamic cast and i mean i i just didn't like the content like the actual content of the movie um in terms of like yeah it's like ah eh. i'm sorry ryan <laughs> let me ask you a question have you seen the movie quarantine Yes, I and I I actually really like that movie. That's interesting because it's done by the same person that did this movie. Oh no, it's weird. And they did they did a found footage movie that I ended up really liking, which I told you about. I think it's on Netflix. It's called As Above So Below. I I you know what? Say what you will say what you will about the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah, but post that He's done some fan-fucking-tastic shit. Now, Quarantine, I've seen a few times. I really want to see the Spanish original. Yeah, Wreck. It's so it's so weird. Like, I, when I look at this, I'm like, I feel like I'm contradicting myself in some ways. But, like, I mean, I, I love, like, other Final Fantasy. But, yeah, I mean, like, with Quarantine, you bring up a great points. Directed and co-written by John Eric Dottle and... Uh, produced by Sergio Aguero and um, uh, Doddle um, was the director of this. Uh, I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. He also wrote the screenplay. So like, I mean, the genetic lineage of of Poughkeepsie taste. Like you could, I could, I could definitely see it in Quarantine. But like, I th- I think it just comes down to the content. I just. Don't, I just, it, it was just too real. Too real for me. He also did the movie Devil. Oh, wait, is that the, the M. Night Shyamalan elevator flick? Yeah. I actually never seen that. I have. I hated it. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember uh. hating that movie. Like, I, I think, I think we rented it from blockbuster and or not blockbuster but from netflix i don't think blockbuster is still around but i think we we definitely rented it probably from netflix now that i'm thinking about it and i think i got up at some point in the movie and said i need to go get something out of the kitchen so i had to leave the room and my parents were like oh we'll pause it i'm like no no don't don't bother it's okay I'll just catch up when I get back because nothing will be, nothing will have changed. So, yeah, in uh, quarantine, I enjoyed. As above, so below, I will happily watch over and over and over again. I think that that was really freaking well done. I think, I don't think I could, I think I was talking to you about it after I watched it and I couldn't shut up about it. Yeah, it's a really great film. Like, I, I, it's, I think it was really well produced and, uh, lots of genuine scares, and I, you know, the Catacombs of Paris is like a really interesting uh, and super macabre and, and real life um, setting. And they actually ha- got to film in the actual catacombs. So this guy went from directing this, the Poughkeepsie tapes, 
to As Above, So Below. And I think the Waco miniseries. Uh, he's also done... Well, his most le- recent film is No Escape. Um, it's it's like... I think it's one of... I think it's his first or only action thriller film. Um, stars Owen Wilson, Pierce Brodsman. Um... Uh, I mean, it got mixed reviews, but he's mostly done horror stuff. He should stick with that. I'd be okay with that. I think at the end of all of this, we clearly know where, who stands where. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of all this. I have no shame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess, like, Ryan, were, were there any favorite parts or, like, stuff... I, there, there weren't there weren't any for me. I, I'm very mean. There was nothing. Um, there was nothing in this film that I liked. <laughs> I don't know if I would say a favorite part. I would say interesting. I would say intriguing, and it was approaching it the way the FBI might. It felt very. Silence of the Lambs, sort like so to speak. I mean, they they straight up had a uh, a plot bit where one of the FBI instructors was getting advice from Ted Bundy, and Ted Bundy was like, "Oh yeah, like this guy seems to be sexually attracted to uh, corpses. So next time you find a fresh body, um, maybe you should uh, wait around to see what happens." Again, like I said, it's not its not that there was a particular part of this that was enjoyable or a favorite to me, but I loved the approach that they took with this movie. And because it felt so real, I think, is why it's very hit or miss, but also why it, it's extremely successful with the people that like it. I, I think the hardest things for me to watch, the... The child abduction scene and like the very end where uh, Cheryl's being interviewed and she clearly has Stockholm Syndrome and she's clearly getting upset. Like it's like, I can't. It's like, I can't. This this is too messed up. It's too depressing. So I needed ice cream. I need ice cream right now, right? All right. Well, I don't think, I think judging by Chris's discomfort, we're not going to get too much into the movie, which is fine. This was a little bit different, I think, because we had such polarizing perspectives of this movie. So I will just give you the quick one-sentence synopsis given to us by IMDb of the Poughkeepsie tapes. In an abandoned house in Poughkeepsie, New York, murder investigators uncover hundreds of tapes showing decades of a serial killer's work. That's pretty... Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. This watching this was sort of like watching Creep, but not as polished. Have you ever seen Creep? It rings a bell. Oh, you'd never forget it. Oh, you okay. No, I have not. Okay, that's what that's the next found footage movie we're watching. We're watching Creep and Creep 2. Yeah, let's do it. It's canon. Okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. I'm pretty sure I, wa- I I definitely watched both of these movies back to back and then tweeted the Dupless brothers and was like, please make a creep scene like right now. <laughs> because I just watched both of these back to back and I need more. So 
Excellent. Those are, I think, but I think by the time we get around to that, hopefully you'll have washed the Poughkeepsie tapes off of you so that you might have a little, you might be a little bit more like open to it. It's definitely not like this. No lie, right before we were recording this, like as soon as I... I finished um, Poughkeepsie tapes. Like I didn't watch something else. I started playing. I started watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> My co-host, everybody. Yes. Yeah, um, all right. There. Well, okay. So I promise the next found footage film we watch, whether it's Creep or The Taking of Deborah Logan or Blair Witch Project, it won't be like the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah. I again, like I'm not. I'm not slamming like it's production style or it's writing it's just it really felt like a real a true snuff film and like and like granted i've never actually seen a, a snuff film but like like watching this like and knowing that's a mockumentary but st- still treating it like as if it was a serious real life true crime thing is like uh I felt really uncomfortable watching this, like between like the torture scenes and like um, I don't know, like the the Cheryl being tied up is like uh yeah I don't I don't want this I don't want this in my brain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, don't be sorry. Like I, you know, I I suggested it. So you did. I did. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I, I mean, again, I think I, had, I think I said we should do this or the visit or something like that. And you were like, let's do the Poughkeepsie tapes because I've never seen it. Oh, good. So I can blame you. Yeah. And, you know, I was again, I was driven by seeing that one weird clip. You probably liked it because it was like weird and edgy and very like indie horror. Yeah. And it was also out of context. It was just like, oh, this seems like this really quirky thing. And I liked it. But now I've seen the whole film. I was like, oh, no. No, take it back. <laughs> one, one out of five things. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm so flustered. I can't even think of like a rating system. I did not like this film at all. Well, I'm going to give it a 4.8 out of 5. Oh, my God. So it's a median score of or a mean score of like, I don't know, like three. If we average it together. So... And I only gave it a 4.8 instead of a full 5 because I don't want to seem overly giddy and okay with true crime-esque violence when it comes to serial killers because I don't support the torture and murdering of other human beings. Just want to make that like super clear. But for me, it kept up the hype. I think the letdown with you is all this sort of... Is that one clip that you had... Uh, ex- been exposed to and then it was all this mystery behind this movie and it didn't live up to the hype for you because of its subject matter whereas because of the subject matter it definitely lived up to the hype for me because I was worried that this was just gonna be a, a bogus like found footage horror movie and I was like I'm very I've been waiting a decade to watch this I really hope it lives up to the expectation so I, I'm curious. Did so w- was this movie as dark as you expected to be, or more, or were you afraid it was going to be like super campy in the end, or or like what were your what were your expectations going to this movie, or like, did you not have any? 
Uh, I tried not to have any expectations going into this because I didn't want to be disappointed, which is why I didn't. I'm happy I've never seen a clip from it before. I'm happy I didn't look up anything about it. It definitely was darker than I had anticipated. Uh, I sort of had this idea of, I couldn't even, I, I've, I've seen so many found footage horror movies that do it the wrong way that end up being really like cheesy or campy or end up sort of as a cop out and there's something about it that I don't like and there's a plot hole here and a plot hole there and it just after a while like drags and becomes boring and sort of like um, the houses that October built. That was a found footage movie, and the first one was creepy for me, and it was hard, you know, haunted house aside, that movie was kind of creepy and weird and, and dark, and uh, and I, I do genuinely like that movie, but the sequel, I, I don't remember liking as much for that reason, because it sort of felt like a cop-out. And I was really, really worried that after all the hype, it would have been just that. It would have been a huge cop-out. And it would have been a huge letdown. And I'm really pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. And I, again, I think a lot of it has to do with the subject matter that they used for this found footage movie. Because I want to now scour the internet and see if there is another found footage horror movie like the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah, that just says infamous or notorious or has like some mystique not even as infamous or notorious i just want to watch it and see how it compares especially if it was made after the poughkeepsie tapes with a bigger budget because i want to see the comparison with it chris is so over this (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just like i know it wasn't your cup of tea man it's okay it was not it's It's not my cup of tea it makes me it makes me rethink some of the suggestions that i have on our but it's so weird like i i you would think i would this 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 would be a film that i would i would and like i was i was really lo- looking forward to this movie and like like i don't know 15 20 minutes in it's like oh no oh no i regret everything i know 15 20 minutes in i was like give me more <laughs> i don't know it's weird you know you know what i'm calling it like what? Um, I don't know. When we watch like the Serbian film, I I guarantee it's gonna be either I hate it or I'm gonna love it. And then and then we're gonna be talking about for like thirty minutes why the heck I love that film and not Poughkeepsie tapes. I I will admit that I do have uh, reservations and concerns about watching a Serbian film, but I'm going to. I would like to still do it because I am a horror movie fan. But that one worries me. Like. I don't want to like self censor like our films just because I did, I had one bad experience with this one like I just I just have weird eclectic tastes and this film in particular is just not one of them and I maybe just I I don't I I mean I know we just talked about like talked for this an hour why I hated it but like even now like I'm still confused why I I don't understand truly why I don't like this film and i maybe maybe this i'm still through going through the shock of like what i saw and i mean yes i hated it but you, you could say that it the filmmakers did exactly what they set out to do um you know either to like shock you or emulate true crime 
um, stories that actually happen all the time. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's very strange. I don't know. I... We're gonna put a pin in it because who knows? Maybe if we like, maybe if I revisit it, like I'll actually my or my my opinion might change on it. Like I don't know, maybe on a second watch through, I might begin to appreciate what it is. But not right now, though. I'm just now right now. I'm just like, uh, I I would like to take a step back. But who knows? I mean, like your taste, your taste, and your opinions can change. I I don't. Know, I may. So, who knows? I just don't want to watch this film for... For another decade. A, a good amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. a good thing that we are coming up on a lovely, lovely palate cleanser. We are coming up on our first exploration of a franchise movie. Yay. For our next couple episodes, we are going to be diving into the Saw franchise. Saw. So I'm really happy we watched yes. this movie before we go into that. Again, I'm a weirdo. I don't like this movie. I love the Saw movies. Someone someone dissect my brain and, and, and tell me what's wrong with me. Someone dissect my brain and tell me what's wrong with me. Slasher movies have a calming effect on me. No one else. Like, I've never met another human being that's like that. So we should both donate our brains to science. It's been a, it's been such a long time since I've seen, like, the original Saw. Um, or at least the Saw trilogy. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. I'm, I'm really excited for a couple of reasons. I have only seen... The first five Saw movies. I think, yeah, I've only seen the first five as well. And I only got up to five because I did a rewatch maybe about seven years ago. So it's been a minute. I did a rewatch about seven years ago or something like that of the first five. And I distinctly remember I stopped watching, I think, after three or four because of one of the kill scenes that are in that movie that just like put me off. And then I think the next round that I did, I got up to five. So five is the last Saw movie that I have a recollection of seeing. I haven't seen the rest of them. Um, I haven't gotten anything spoiled for me. Uh, I think I'm most excited to revisit the first three and then finally get to Jigsaw, which is the end. So our next couple of episodes, we're going to be diving into Saw, and I'm super excited because one of my favorite directors has, besides James Wan, so fine, two of my favorite directors have put their mark on the Saw franchise, so I'm really excited about it. So yay! Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I am, le- I am, le- like, I am legitimately excited for this because like, I... I feel uh, Saw, the Saw films, they're just a really, really important franchise for modern horror. And I think it has some, a lot of great talent. And I don't know. We'll, oh, God. We're, we'll talk about it next. We'll talk about it next week. We're already, we're just studying the, on the episode early. It's crazy. I, that's how excited I am about it. It's a palate cleanser for Chris after this episode. So on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Left for Dread Please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Literally everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can find us on Facebook 
and on our website, leftfordred.com. Yes, and if you have any questions or comments, or if or you want to at suggest- Chris for his dislike yes. of this movie. <laughs> Oh uh, yes, you can add me about all your comments about why I am wrong about the the Poughkeepsie tapes, or you can also tweet at me or at a Left and Dread Pod um, to su- suggest anything, like suggest new topics, uh, suggest um, uh, horror films that we should that you think we would really like. Uh, you know, this is our first found footage film, so if there's any other found footage films you think we really enjoy, yeah, and we, you want us to add on the queue, we're all for it. So please tweet at us, contact us, email us, all of the above. Yes, and uh, until then, stay dreadful. Stay dreadful. <laughs> yes. <laughs>